This morning we're going to be doing Count Your Blessings. Uh, if you want to open to 624 in the blue hymnal there, uh, we'll be looking at that in just a minute. Uh, this is a hymn of response, and, and in my opinion, it's a song of gratitude. Uh, this hymn is how we would respond to God's working in our life if we have an attitude of gratitude. Now, we talk, we'll talk about this more this morning, but everyone in the world, we all will have tough times. Uh, we will have conflicts. We'll even have battles at time, and we all need to keep focused on God in the good times as well as these bad times. Uh, there's a story of a father and a son, and they're in a car, and the dad's driving, and it's really, really foggy, and the kid can't really see through the window very well. And uh, But the dad's driving and not really saying much and just driving along, and everything's fine. And the, the son tells his dad that he felt safe with his dad driving, even in this foggy condition. And uh, so the son asks his dad, how could you see so good? I think the son thought his dad was like Superman and could just see through the fog or, or something. And so the son asked the dad how he could see so good. And the dad tells the son that the truth is that he couldn't see any better than the son. Uh, but he would just focus on the lines on the side of the road, in the middle of the road. And he would try to just keep the car straight in between those lines and keep going straight down the road that way. Uh, those lines on the road uh, are in our life as well. Uh, these are things like the blessings God gives us. These are things like God's written word uh, and the Holy Spirit's guidance. Those are the lines on the road that we should be driving our life in between and keep going straight. Uh, if we focus on the fog as we go through life, we won't see where we need to go. Uh, but if we focus on these lines, we'll stay straight on the path. And that path will lead us closer to God. Uh, so this hymn is about seeing the blessings specifically, even during the fog of life. Uh, so I'm going to go over the history of Count Your Blessings. Um, and that will start with the history of the author, which is Johnson Oatman Jr. Johnson was born in New Jersey in April 21st, 1856. Johnson grew up in a Christian home and he went to church with his parents. Uh, his father loved to sing, and Johnson loved to listen to his father sing. And this uh, service that his father did in singing there in the church, it made a huge impact in his son's life. Uh, it helped the son develop a love for God, a desire to serve God, and a love for good God-honoring music. Uh, this would pave the way for Johnson to later become very useful to God in the area of writing music. Johnson was in his early 20s when he was licensed to preach through his church, uh, and he later would be ordained, and he served as a local preacher. Uh, until his father's death, Johnson worked in his, with his father in their family mercantile business. Uh, after his father's death, Johnson would become an administrator in a large insurance company. So that's a little bit about his life there. Uh, Johnson desired to serve God. And he desired to preach the word of God, and he did this through preaching in his in the church there and in songs, uh, writing songs with God's message in it. Uh, Johnson was said to have written about 200 songs per year, starting around his mid 30s. Uh, so that would probably keep him pretty busy. 
Uh, it would, I don't know that I could even write 200. I might write two in a year, but not 200. Uh, so he was very blessed and talented in that area, and he used that for God. Uh, it's believed that in his life he wrote about 5,000 songs for God. Uh, he said this about his writing. Uh, he was happy that in his musical compositions he had found a way to preach the gospel. Uh, that was apparently his goal when writing music. Uh, he wanted God's message to get out any way that it could, whether through his preaching or through his song writing ability. Johnson seemed to struggle with knowing how God wanted to use him, and he, but he kept serving all along the way. And when he started writing music for God, uh, which again wasn't until about his mid-30s, uh, he seemed to be satisfied that he found exactly what God wanted him to do. Uh, so I thought we could learn a few life lessons from this. First, we can influence others to serve God just like his father did for him. Uh, his father was just trying to serve God and be obedient to God and use his talents for God in, in singing, and that influenced his son greatly. Uh, second, we could, uh, we should make sure the influences on us are motivating us to do the things of God. Uh, we may not know it, but the things around us affect us. The whole nation of Israel was influenced by ten men. Uh, ten men uh, got them to think that they shouldn't follow God's plan, and they ended up spending 40 years in the wilderness with no home. Uh, if you are around someone that's grumpy all day, how do you feel at the end of the day, right? You know, if they're just complaining and grumpy and nothing's going right and they're just angry and they tell you all about it all day long, you're probably not going to have a smile on your face either at the end of the day, right? Uh, we need to make sure that the influences that we allow into our lives are motivating us to do the things of God. And then a third lesson we can learn is while Johnson was trying to figure out God's plan for his life, he kept serving God. Uh, we may feel like God has more for us to do, uh, but just because we don't know what that is yet, that doesn't mean that we should stop doing things to try to figure that out. Uh, that's not how God operates. God uses people that are faithful to serving him. Uh, as a teenager, I felt that God had something for me to do. Uh, and, and I didn't know what it was. I, I wanted to know what it was, uh, but I kept serving him. And along the way, I, I served God every opportunity that I could find. And now God has shown me what he wants me to do and, and how he wants uh, to use me. Uh, we need to keep on serving God while we wait for God to show us the next step. So those are some of the highlights of Johnson's life. Now let's look at the history of the writing of Count Your Blessings. Now for this one, there really isn't a known story that goes along with the writing. Uh, so there's, there's nothing specific, but there is a little bit of information that I found on the timing of the writing of this song. Uh, and it kind of shows the thoughts uh, in, in the mindset of uh, Johnson before he wrote and at the time of writing this. Uh, so these are the thoughts of Johnson. Uh, probably his purpose of writing Count Your Blessings. Uh, he says, um, all too often in this great land of America, we seem to lapse into a state of ingratitude, taking for granted all the blessings and comforts we enjoy. 
we revert into an attitude of self-satisfaction, expecting that peace and bliss will always follow us. During those times, we should, with sincerity of heart, count our blessings. Uh, so this was true back in the 1800s when he lived. Uh, but it's still true today. There are so many times that we take for granted uh, what God has blessed us with. Uh, so again, this is about all we really know about the actual writing of this song and the time he wrote it and what was going on. Uh, but this is a humbling thought, and this is what inspired Johnson to write this hymn. Uh, so just one last part about the history of this hymn is the history for the music of Count, Count Your Blessings. The music was composed by Edwin Excel. Uh, interestingly, I didn't know this before studying this, he was born in Stark County, Ohio. How cool is that? So I don't know specifically where, uh, but he was born in Stark County, Ohio, back in December of 1851. So a little bit before all of us, right? Uh, so at the age of 20, Excel became a singing and vocal teacher. He traveled throughout the United States establishing music schools. Uh, he was a talented song leader. He wrote more than 2,000 songs in his life. Excel uh, also wrote many songbooks, and he helped uh, some gospel artists and evangelists along the way as well. Edwin uh, it composed the music that we know today for Count Your Blessings, and it was first released in a songbook titled Songs for Young People. In 1897, wouldn't it be great if the young people listened to songs like this today? Uh, I, I thought that title of that book was very interesting, uh, Songs for Young People. Now I want to switch and look at the spiritual aspect of Count Your Blessings. Uh, so the purpose of this hymn is to get us to not focus on the world around us, but to get us to focus on the blessings that God gives us. So if you can, turn to Ephesians chapter 1. We're just going to look at one verse here, but I want you to look at it. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. When you get there, look at verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now, the fact is that God absolutely has been blessing us. Uh, if we have at all been trying to live for God, and if we put any effort at all into being right in God's eyes, then God has been blessing us. Uh, sometimes these blessings will be on earth, but sometimes we will receive our blessings in heaven. Uh, we all like to get things right away, which is why the, the, the microwave became so popular, right? Every house has a microwave now, you know, but that wasn't so back in the day. You used to have to wait for popcorn on the stove, you know, uh, and th that took time. And we don't like time. Right? We don't like to spend time. So we want things right away. So it's natural for us to desire uh, blessings down here on earth because to get them in heaven would mean that we would have to wait for them. Now, we see other people being successful and happy about things here on earth, and it's just in our flesh to desire that for ourselves as well. This causes us to desire our blessings right away and not have to wait until we get to heaven. Uh, God will bless us here on earth sometimes, and God will 
hold our blessing until we get to heaven. This is completely up to God, and we need to respect that. If you really think about it, what good does a earthly blessing do us anyways? Uh, everything on earth here will fade away someday. Uh, and that includes any blessing we receive here on earth. That will fade away as well. But a blessing in heaven will be with us for eternity. Uh, we'll have that blessing for always, uh, forever. Uh, so I used to, uh, and on occasion I bring it up, but I, I would joke with my dad. Uh, my parents are very, you know, you know, middle class, average, uh, however you want to say it. But I would joke with my dad about him, you know, not having a whole lot here on earth, uh, being, you know, poor on earth. And my dad serves God so much. Uh, it's it really uh, humbling when you think about how much he does for God. And uh, and he hasn't slowed down. He just keeps going. And, and uh, I love that about my dad. It really showed me how important serving God is as well. Uh, so we always joke with my dad about how he does so much. Uh, for God, but he doesn't have a whole lot down here. And uh, my dad would always say, well, that's okay. I'm just storing up my rewards in heaven, you know. And, and I, I think about it, and I've said to him before, uh, well, you know, when, when I walk into your mansion up in heaven, there's going to be a whole lot of rewards in there, you know. Like, there's, he's going to have reward rooms or something. And, and, and my mansion might be a little empty compared to his. But uh, he has, he might be, you know, just average or, you know, whatever down here on earth and not receiving a whole lot of blessings now. But God has so many blessings in store for him and for anyone uh, that serves God. Uh, God will have blessings in heaven. A heavenly blessing is far better than any earthly blessing here. Now, sometimes God will give us heavenly blessings, but sometimes God will bless us while we're still here on earth. Uh, this hymn here is aiming to help us to see the blessings that we receive here on earth, uh, even when the road is foggy and life seems tough. So if you want to, you can look at the hymn, Count Your Blessings. It's number 624 in the blue hymnal. And I'll give you a second to get that out, and we'll take a look at this hymn. Now I'm going to read the first verse. Uh, when upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Now that first phrase, when upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed. Now that's a very tough phrase. Uh, billows means a great wave surging at you, accompanied with very violent winds. Uh, doesn't sound very pleasant, right? Uh, tempest-tossed has an idea of an extremely violent storm with such great strong winds that it's just tossing you around, and you keep falling down. And every time you get back up, it just knocks you right back down again. Uh, that's tough, right? That's, that, that is a very tough time in life if, if that's where you're at in life. If this phrase fits your life, that's tough. Uh, this is more than just, I lost my job kind of tough. This is, I lost my job. The car broke, my interview got canceled, uh, my child is sick, I can't afford the doctor, the mortgage is past due, and I've got the foreclosure notice sitting on the door. That's what we're talking about. This is tough. Every time you go to get up, you just get knocked back down again. Uh, this is what we're talking about here. I feel sometimes that we think when one bad thing happens, it's the end of the world. I get like that, especially if it's a car problem. 
if I go out to the car and it doesn't start, I'm just thinking, why am I even alive? You know, like, you know, my, my car ain't starting, just the, the world's over, it's just done. Uh, I don't like car problems. I know how to fix a few little things, but it gets a, over my head very quickly. Uh, but, you know, we get like that. We think one bad thing happens and we think it's just tough. But that's not what this phrase here in this song is talking about. It's talking about when we get knocked back down and we get back up and we get knocked down again and we try to get back onto our knees and it just knocks us back down again. So what happens in those life moments? What happens when you're in that part of your life, in that phase? Uh, well, the next phrase, I think, tells us we get discouraged, right? It's very discouraging to go through things, uh, especially when they start piling on each other. Uh, there will be, and probably for most of us, have been times in our life where we felt all is lost and, and all of this is just adding up. Uh, but there's something great you can do in these times. You can count your blessings. Uh, this will get your eyes off of the tough situation. It will place your vision onto God. Uh, you will not only see that God has been blessing you all along the way, uh, but you'll realize that God has also been with you all along the way as well. As your focus shifts from life's troubles to God's provisions, this will help you to rely on God's strength to get you through these tough times. I want you to see a verse this morning. Go to Psalms chapter 37, verse 39. That's Psalms 37, verse 39. It says, But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. He is their strength in the time of trouble. Not only will God be our strength when we need Him, but he can also bless us for following him. God will be our strength. Even if we feel that we've been knocked down too many times and we can't get back up again, God will be your strength. Uh, let's uh, look at the next uh, verse of this song, verse 2 there. It says, Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy you are called to bear? Count your many blessings, every doubt will fly, and you will be singing as the days go by. Uh, we talked about how life will be extremely tough. Sometimes we feel like life can just knock you down over and over and over and over again. Uh, we can also be weighed down by the burdens of life, the everyday things that uh, go on in our life. You can turn a few pages over to Psalms 55, verse 22. That verse starts off, it says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. Uh, this verse tells us two things. First, that we will have burdens. Uh, I don't think I have to convince anybody of that today. We know that life will have burdens that goes along with it. Uh, we cannot cast something we don't have. This verse tells us we can cast those. Uh, this verse tells us that there will be times in our life where we have burdens. The second thing it tells us is that when we that we can give our burdens to God, and He will sustain us. Now, that doesn't mean that He'll take away the burden. What sustain means, it means to bear, to uphold, or to be the foundation for. 
Uh, so this does not mean that when we have heavy burdens and even if we do the right thing and we give it to God, this doesn't mean that God will necessarily take them away. Uh, what this verse actually means is that God will bear us as we bear the burden. Uh, God will hold us up. God will be the strength that we need uh, to be able to get through even with the burden. Uh, now God can and sometimes he might choose to take the burden away completely. But if he doesn't, we can know for sure that even though we have the burden, we can know that God is right there with us holding us up. Uh, this second verse ends with the thought of singing. Now, how often do we sing when life gets tough, right? Uh, when I went to the car and it didn't start, I didn't start singing. No, I, I really didn't say anything. I get real depressed. I just I turn the car and it doesn't start. And I'm like, that's it. I just sit there for minutes just, just contemplating my whole life up to that moment. Why didn't the car start, you know? Uh, we don't sing when, when life gets tough. How often do we sing when we're carrying these heavy burdens and, and going through these tough times? Now, if we're not singing in these times, it's very normal. And we usually don't get this right. Uh, but it's because we've not... Uh, it's because we've stopped seeing our blessings from the Lord. Now, I get it, it's tough to sing in times like this, but if we adjust our focus, if we don't think about the problem, the issue, the, the, the thing that we're carrying through life, if we focus on God and what He's done for us, uh, even in those problems, we'll be singing. Even on the bad days, we'll be singing. Now let's look at verse 3. It says, when you look at others with their lands and gold, think that Christ has promised you his wealth untold. Count your many blessings. Money cannot buy your reward in heaven, nor your home on high. Uh, this verse is a comparison uh, with lands and gold on earth and comparing that to rewards in heaven. I told you uh, how I like to joke with my dad about how he's poor here on earth and he's going to be so rich in heaven with all these rewards uh, but this, this is true. When we do the work of the Lord, uh, when we serve God, there will be, on occasion, there will be times where God award, rewards us here on earth, but there will be great rewards in heaven for those who faithfully serve God with a good heart. Uh, go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. First Corinthians chapter two and look at verse nine. First Corinthians two nine. It says, But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Now God desires to reward us. Uh, we can't even imagine how amazing the rewards that God has for us that are waiting for us up in heaven. Our, our, imagines can't, or our imagination can't even think those things up. Uh, in Hebrews 11, it talks about Moses and how he could have had riches in Egypt, but he desired the riches of God instead. Uh, Moses gave up worldly treasure to build up his reward in heaven. Uh, now, I don't think that was his motivation, though. I don't think he was thinking, oh, if I do all this, I'm going to be rich in heaven and I can show off my fancy man mansion to everybody. I don't think that was his motivation at all. His motivation was that he loved God. He, he wanted to please God. He wanted to do the right thing. He wanted to serve God. And in, in all of that, he has this faith in God that motivated him to build up those rewards in heaven and, and to not even 
care or consider the rewards on earth or the riches that the, the world has to offer. How about the blessing of just having a home on high? Uh, this verse has that phrase in there, home on high. Uh, that's a blessing itself. We're, we are blessed to even be able to have access to heaven. Plus, we get a dwelling place there. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't care if I was a homeless guy in heaven. I mean, I'm there. What does it matter? But God desires to give us good things. And so he, desi- he is up there designing uh, these places for us to dwell in so that we have a place to be when we're there. Uh, if God never blessed us with anything else, and I promise if, if you take time to look around, you will see that God has been blessing you and been blessing me. But if God never blessed us with anything else, he has blessed us with a home in heaven. Uh, we wouldn't need any other blessing, but because God is so good, he has blessed us along our walk with him. Now let's look at verse 4. It says, So amid the conflict, whether great or small, do not be discouraged, God is over all. Count your many blessings, angels will attend, help and comfort give you to your journey's end. Uh, life is full of conflicts, especially the more you try to live for God. Now, if you keep quiet, if you only go to church once a year, you know, maybe just on Easter or something, if you never try to serve God, never try to tell anybody about Jesus, then I guarantee you Satan will be pretty happy about that. Uh, he, he, Satan might just leave you alone and never send you anything, any conflicts or trouble because that's what he wants. He wants us to sit around and do nothing, to never tell anybody about Jesus. But if you do try to live for God, if you boldly proclaim the name of Jesus, you will see conflict. Uh, Jesus says in John fifteen nineteen, If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. The more we live for God, the more the world will hate us. And this will cause some conflict in our lives. Uh, this might be one reason why some believers choose not to live for God. Uh, they just don't want to deal with the conflict. They think that they can just avoid all the conflict by doing nothing. And really, that's a sad path to take. Uh, you will not be pleasing to God trying to do nothing. Uh, you will not be helping others to find Jesus. You will not be encouraging to your brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, trust me, the conflict is worth it. Uh, especially one day when we will be standing in front of God, He's sitting on His throne, and he has a smile on his face for how we served him. Or he could be sitting there and upset at us of all we could have done for him but chose not to. Even during these conflicts, God is with us. God will never leave us. We may choose to walk away from God, but God will never leave us. Uh, if we stop to see the blessings, even during times of conflict, we will see that God has blessed us greatly. Now, I want to read a poem to you. I promise it's not like a 40 stanza poem like I read last time, um, but that was a good poem. Um, this poem is called The Remorse of the Nine Ungrateful Lepers. Uh, you know that Jesus uh, went and he healed ten lepers, right? And one came back and said, thank you. Uh, just one out of the nine. So this is what this is about. It's about the uh, one out of the ten there. Uh, but this is about the nine ungrateful lepers. It says, I meant to go back. But you may guess, I was filled with amazement I cannot express to think that those horrible years, that passion of loathing and passion of fears, by sores unenduring, eaten, defiled, 
my flesh now smooth as the flesh of a child. I was drunken with joy. I was crazy with glee. I scarcely could walk. I scarcely could see. For the dazzle of sunshine where all had been black. But I meant to go back. Oh, I meant to go back. I had thought to return when my people came out. There were tears of rejoicing and laughter and shout. My cup was so full, I seemed nothing to lack. But I meant to go back. Oh, I meant to go back. Let's not be like the nine lepers. Let's don't just uh, look back on our life and think, I meant to say thank you for that. I meant to be grateful in that situation. Uh, I had uh, it in my mind to do it, but I just never did it. Uh, let's be like the one that tells God, thank you. Thank you for these blessings. Thank you for all these things that you've done for us. Let's, let's be that one that stops for a second and looks around at what God did for us. And that will cause us to be thankful for it. 